0: Welcome to the Biblical Truth Podcast. I am Pastor Jimmy Fletcher with Mount Nebo Baptist Church, coming to you this week to encourage you through God's Word and to continue to deal with questions that may come up concerning our lives as believers. And as as I always say, One of the things that I believe that our heartbeat is behind this podcast is is not to give our opinions what we think, uh, but to be rooted and grounded in God's Word. And again, that's why we call it the Biblical Truth Podcast. And so we're grateful that you have joined in with us today. Um, Before we get into today's topic, we have our guest with us here. Once again, I'm super excited to continue to be able to bring him on uh, this podcast with us. Brother Gene Harris, would you like to say anything?
1: Thank you again for inviting me. This is an exciting time, a very exciting topic, and I consider it an honor and a privilege to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Uh, before we get started on today's topic, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you again, Lord, as always, for the opportunity that we have to get your word out, Lord. Lord, we pray to be an encouragement to someone today. Lord, we pray there's one listening that doesn't know you, that you would draw them unto salvation. And maybe there's one who's listening that is going through hardship and difficulty, and and they're wondering what's wrong with them, that today, Lord, you'd be able to uh, just provide peace in their heart today uh, with all the various messages that are going out into the world uh, from pulpits. Lord, we we just pray, Lord, that, that you'll use your word to encourage them. Lord, give us the words to say, Lord. We're we're looking for your guidance. Help everything that we say, Lord, be intentional and grounded in your word. Lord, thank you most of all for the salvation that we have in your son, Jesus, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Brother Gene, I'm super excited to have you back with us um, on this podcast. Um, We're going to be dealing with uh, the topic that centers around this thought that you often hear. And that is, you know, God wants me to have my best life now. And we want to kind of dive into that statement a little bit and ask a few questions uh, concerning that statement that often goes out about having your best life now. And there are so many Christians across the world who may hear this you know that you know that this is about our best life now and things like that um, and and it especially gets um, perpetuated from the pulpits in the United States of America I typically relate that statement about having your best your best life now to the issue of the or behind the health wealth and prosperity gospel and one of the frequent things or scriptures that, that is often used to say that God wants my best life now. That He wants me to have everything, and that everything should be amazing in my life is out of John ten ten, and that's where it says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and to have it abundantly. And I think really what we have to understand about you know that particular passage is is understanding and knowing that I believe that Jesus is talking about the issue of salvation. And that if we're truly going to have abundant life in Him, then we've got to know Him and have a relationship with Him because He's the only one who could give us uh, true spiritual life. And it's not about, you know, taking that statement uh, from the Lord and saying, well, God wants me to have the best of everything. God wants me to have everything. Um, And that would be evidence of, you know my life in the lord that i'm getting all of these things and i think the most important thing i could say concerning that is is i don't think that god's concerned with us having everything and getting everything and and that our perception of abundant life is is having you know that that health wealth and prosperity the most important thing is is do we have a relationship with him so i think that particular passage often gets ripped straight out of context, Brother Gene, and used to say, hey, look, he wants you to have the best of everything right here, right now. And, uh, and I just don't think that's what that passage is pointing to. And so as we get into a couple of questions here, or three questions, I want to ask you this concerning what I've just kind of read and said. Brother Gene, Is God promised our best life now?
1: Well, I, there are several scriptures, but two in particular, I would like to read to, to uh, let the, let the scriptures speak to that. And the first one is Isaiah 64, 4, which Isaiah wrote. But then Paul quoted that also in the book of in his letter to the Corinthians. But it says, 64, 4 says, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for the one who waits for him. And I think the key word there is waiting for him. If we had our best life now, we wouldn't be waiting for it. We'd be getting it. And But I think he has so much more in store for us if we wait on him. And I have another scripture that I I think also uh, adds to that, and that's in the book of the Revelation, chapter 21, verse 4. It says, this is some of the things that we have to look forward to. Not now, but forward to. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The, The word there, will. It's in the future. There shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. So there's going to be a lot of the no mores, but the no mores are things that we don't want anyway. We want them to be gone, but we have to wait on those. So I think the answer biblically is very clear. Our best life is yet to come. It's in the future, and we just have to wait and be patient. In the meantime, doing what God calls us to do for that time when we'll have our best life.
0: That's right, and I 100% affirm that. That the issue there is is talking about the the future aspect of of what life is to come for us. I mean, you often hear that statement: "The best is yet to come." And. And realistically, the best is yet to come for the life of the believers. And so with that being said, I don't think that our best life is promised right now in Scripture from God. And uh, because of what you just said, the best is yet to come. It will happen. It's a future event in the life of the believer where everything is going to be made right or you know put into into the state that that it, that it should have been perfection. Yeah. I mean how could we ever say that God wants this to be our best life when we have so much more to come in eternity with him and and I think that if if we're looking for our best life now in this life, that really speaks to our you know our spiritual depth I think because as believers, um why would we want all of these things why why would we make that about what the lord wants for us is is having stuff and having health and having wealth and having prosperity if all of that's going to be gone one day on you know all of those temporary things are going to be gone here on this earth one day especially things you know and all of that's going to be fixed in eternity with him you know we're not going to have to worry about health we're not going to have to worry about you know wealth or any of that stuff in eternity He's already promised everything that he could ever give us for that time with him. And so I'm 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 looking forward to that. Now I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having things, but what I am saying is is why would we ever want this to be our best life now when the Lord speaks of what it's going to be like in the future, just like what you read.
1: I recall a few months ago you were talking about this from the pulpit and you made the statement, if this is your best life now, then you're going to hell. That's right. That's hard, but that's that's very true. That, that, that kind of sums up the question here. Your best
0: life is yet to come. It's in the future. That's right, and 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 I want to go into this second question concerning this, since we we basically answered the question. Look, it's not promised now, and I think that when you hear these messages coming from the pulpit. That uh, And again, I'm not saying that I do this all right or that I'm always right and all of that. I don't want to come off that way as arrogant or puffed up. That, that, that's not what I mean by, by anything that I say. But a lot of the things that you hear coming out today is this feel good, you know, make you, you know, just want to jump and shout and thinking that, that everything's going to be awesome, you know, in, in your life. And then reality sets in whenever you walk out of there that things happen in life, you know? And so whenever you're hearing a message that, look, God wants your best life now and then you leave and someone in your family dies unexpectedly, you get the unexpected cancer diagnosis. Uh, You get the unexpected bills that you can't pay, you know, that you didn't know were coming. Maybe it was from a doctor bill or something like that. Um, you know i don't know you, you lose your house or you get persecuted uh, for your belief in jesus christ and and you lose everything and, and and nobody wants to have anything to do with you when when you hear you know about this best life now and then those things happen whenever you walk out of of a out of a building where that message has been perpetuated then my question is wouldn't that sin like Signals to you like there's something wrong with me here because I'm told that everything's supposed to be great in my life, and that kind of leads me into this second question Was there something wrong, Brother Gene, with the Apostle Paul if this is our best life now and the disciples for that matter?
1: That, that's another good question, and I like to answer that. I have a couple scriptures that I think address that very well. Mark ten thirty five. it says, Then James and John, and to just get a little background there, Peter, James, and John were not only the apostles, but they were the inner circle of three that Jesus took up to the Mount of Transfiguration with him when he was in the garden praying. These three guys, James, two of these, then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, came to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said, grant us that we may sit, one on your right hand and the other in your left, in your glory. They were looking for something better, looking for the time in glory there. And to continue with that same theme in Matthew 20:20 20, 20, says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, their mother, came to Jesus with her with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? And she said, him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on your left, in your kingdom. That's clear that they were all three of those there, James and John and their mother, was looking to something, knowing something was better. Something better was coming. They were looking forward to that. It was not their best life now. In fact, if you, I don't have it with me, but at the date of that, all of the apostles except John died a violent death. That doesn't sound like the best life now to me. And he showed where they're looking forward to something better, looking forward to something that they do not have at this point in time. And so I think it's very clear that they were not expecting or thinking that their best life was at the current time with all the sufferings and things that they were going
0: through. And and I think too, even in Paul's calling, where in in his salvation, one of the things that was that was promised to him was that he was going to be shown how much that he would suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, that was right there in scripture. I mean, in fact, whenever you get into Second Corinthians um one Verse 8, it says, For we don't want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired of even life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from such a peril of death, and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us, you also joining, helping us through prayers, and on behalf for favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many and so you you listen to that you know just from the words of the apostle paul and, uh, what you hear a lot today versus what you actually find in scripture is, is that these guys were going through hardships, difficulties, persecution. I mean, they, they, they suffered a multitude of things for the name of Jesus. They didn't have a cakewalk. They didn't have all the possessions that you could ever want in this life. And in fact, that was not their gauge of whether they were right with the Lord or blessed by the Lord or anything like that. It was the fact that they had a relationship with him, and that was the basis for everything in their in their life and following him. I mean, and, and even Jesus, you know, talking to his disciples, you know, asked questions like, "Are, are you are you ready to, to drink the cup that I'm going to drink?" You know, I, I mean, he he was letting them know that, look, you're you're going to suffer for me, and 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 you don't realize it. I mean, Peter. Was, was promised that that uh, he was going to die a similar death to that of Jesus and and uh, you know so these guys the the gauge of their life and and what was going on was not focused on their best life here on earth it was the reality of what what awaited them in eternity and so I, I say all that to to simply say this is that you you really have to be careful whenever you hear those things and whenever you you hear about being blessed because we really have to to look around or more so look in the scripture, not look around, but look in the scripture and see what it means to be blessed. And if you have a relationship with Jesus, then you are blessed. Amen. And uh, if that's all that we ever got in this life and it was, and, and all we did was suffer and have hardship, eternity is going to be worth it in the end. Jesus is enough. And so we're not looking for the best stuff here and the best life here. We need to be looking for eternity and eternity with Jesus because he's all that we're ever going to need. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Brother Gene? I do. I have some more scripture. I just The Bible, I would like to say, is the best
1: commentary ever written on the Bible. And the more we know it, the more we see how it fits together. But it also addresses our practical living issues, as the question is before us today, Doug. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, Paul says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable." You turn that around and say, well, the the best life for the apostles then, Paul said, this is the best, you're to be pitied. Paul also goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, he says, we're confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And another one from Paul Philippians 1, 23, he says, I'm hard-pressed. Paul was writing this from the, the maritime prison in, in Rome. He says, I'm hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, far better to d- depart from this life. So that, to me, that there's no question that our best life is ahead of us. We have never seen all the things that he has planned for
0: us. That's right. Amen. And so to, to really just make sure that, that, that we've hit this question and answered, was there something wrong with the Apostle Paul? The answer is no. He was promised that this was the life that he was going to live. He was going to suffer for the name of the Lord. And, um, and so what I want you to understand, if you're a believer and you're going through hardships and difficulties, uh, that's part of the process that he's using to mold and shape us to be more Christ-like. And, and it's preparing us for eternity one day. And so I think we have to keep that in mind. Now, in saying that, you know, and I often say this, you know, and, I, and, and I've dealt with this in the pulpit, you know, sometimes we go through things because we've brought them on ourselves. So some of the stuff that we go through and the hardship that we go through is, is a result of sin. But that's not what we're talking about here today. Uh, what we're talking about is, is, is those things that we go through for Jesus. We have unexpected things that come up in our life and things like that. And you may hear, hey, I thought God wanted me to have my best life now and what we're saying is is listen this, this is not your best life and so there's nothing wrong with you per se if if you're going through difficulties and hardships for the name of Jesus or whatever that's part of of living and walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ yeah and so i think that, i think that's important for us to understand and i think that sometimes preachers even even myself we develop these ideas that 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 look as as a pastor, you know, how could I ever go through hardships and difficulties, or you know, how could could someone ever come against me, or how could I have health issues and things like that, which I have suffered health issues over the last three years, you know, how could all that ha- that happen? I'm I I'm pastoring for the Lord, you know, and things like that, but again, the Lord did not say that it was going to be a bed of roses for me. He didn't for the Apostle Paul or any of the disciples, and so we shouldn't expect that in our life. To, to be free from problems all of the time and think that we're supposed to just have it all right here. And so you just need to understand, look, it, you're, you're, there's nothing wrong with you if you're going through mm-hmm. things.
1: I have another script, I
0: several more, but this one I really, uh,
1: I think, kind of wraps up in my mind. But in Hebrews chapter 11, which we know is the Hall of Faith chapter, where all of those heroes of the faith from the Old Testament are listed And the writer of Hebrews says, These all, starting verse 13, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, was it their best life now, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have that opportunity to return to return but now they desire a better that is a heavenly country therefore god is not ashamed to be called their god for he has prepared a city for them and so that that tells me you know these these heroes of faith yes they demonstrated their faith but they were looking to something better in the future there something that god had prepared for them it was not their best life now uh I'll read one more scripture here. Uh, Revelation chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. This is uh, talking about the end time. that He laid hold of that dragon, that ser- serpent of old, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. It's talking about a strong angel did this. And he cast him, this is Satan, into the bottomless pit, and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were, f- were finished. But after these things, he'll be released for a little while there. Then we will know we will that during that uh, millennial period, we will know life we, like we've never known it without Satan there to disturb us. That's something better than we have today. That's even before the new heaven and new earth are created there. So our best life is yet to come. We just have to hold on to Jesus until we reach that place there, that promised land. That's why it's called the promised land. promised and God is faithful to keep his promises.
0: That's right. Um, The the last question that I want to deal with is, and and you've already touched on this, so we probably won't spend a whole lot of time on it, but concerning everything that that we have said, what if this, or what if you think that this is your best life now?
1: Well, again, I'm going to go back this time to the, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where the thieves do not break in and steal. You can't take it with you, but we can send it ahead. What we're sending ahead is things that we're doing here for, for Jesus that will be sent ahead and waiting for
0: us when we get there. That's going to be the best life and not now that's right and and i think in in kind of you know kind of closing this out if you will is going back to that john 10:10 10, 10 about the lord giving us this life and giving it abundantly and and i think that this goes back to understanding that the abundant life that he wants to give you and has offered us um of which I have partake of and so many other people, including brother, brother Gene have is that of eternal life. And that's why Jesus came to be our righteousness, to take our place on the cross and to have victory over the grave. Because essentially we could do none of those three things. We couldn't be perfect. We we couldn't die in our place. We, we couldn't have victory over the grave. That all came as a result of Jesus. Right. And because of that, he gives us a brand new life. And one of the things that we're going to experience in eternity is how abundant that life is in Christ Jesus. Right now, we're in the preparation stage. Um, but there's coming a day, as Philippians one six says, "...being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will bring it about to completion on the day of Christ Jesus." That's when all of this is going to be realized. So don't buy into the lie. And let me just be blunt and say that health, wealth, and prosperity is not a gospel. It's a false gospel, and it's hogwash. Don't buy into those things that tell you that you're supposed to have it all now and that everything is supposed to be great in your life. It's not. It's not going to be that way. It might be great for some time, but we're always going to go to the valley eventually. Um, but the point that I want you to understand is, is that Jesus is still right there with you. And so there's nothing wrong with you, but keep holding fast to him because the best really is yet to come with, with him. And he's going to bring us to that point. And so, you know, that's the life that we're looking for in eternity with him. And so if this is your best life right now, if you're saying, this is what I'm looking for, I want it all right now. Uh, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul what i'm telling you friends is if that is you you are on the pathway to hell and that pathway is wide and and it is big and there are a multitude of people that are going down it but narrow is the path uh to jesus and 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 you're only going through his gate and so you don't want this to be your best life now. I would rather have a multitude of hardships like the disciples and so many people who came before us and know that we're going to be in eternity with Jesus and experience so much abundance there that we can't even wrap our minds around Then worry about the things on this earth uh, because it's all perishing. And so if this is your best life now, hell is where you're going But friends, what I'm telling you today is, is that that message of this abundant life is open to you today. If you'll repent of your sins and trust Jesus by way of faith, and man, you get a brand new life and you get to spend eternity with him. And so if you've never repented of your sins and trusted him, today is, the, is that day. And if you are a believer, listening listen, us, and you're going through hardships and difficulties, you're in great company. There's a multitude of people who have followed Jesus faithfully, who have went through so many hardships and difficulties, who realized that this was not their best life now, but in eternity with Jesus was what they were looking for. Brother Gene, do
1: you have any closing comments? You no, know, I, I think you just wrapped it up very well there. I think pe- people need to pay attention to what you just said there. So they can get their life ready, so their their best life will happen, but it'll be in the future.
0: That's right. Well, brother Gene, I'm I'm grateful that uh, you have come and joined us again on this podcast. You you bring such great insight to these podcasts each time that we have them. I'm grateful that you're always free to 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 be available and and to be a part of this. So I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be here. Well. We pray you'll come back and be with us again. Friends, we we pray that this has been a value to you today. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us on the Biblical Truth Podcast. If you ever have any questions, you can email me at biblicaltruth345 at gmail.com. And again, we want to thank you for being willing to be here today. And so we just want to challenge you, Christian, to love God love people and hold fast to Jesus because that's the life that we're looking forward to when we get to spend with him in eternity because that's going to be our best life and so if we believe that then we need to be out telling people the good news about who Jesus is so that they will be there with us one day too you have a blessed week and join in with us next time god bless